Restaurant picker in our family. It's one of my gifts. I'm, I'm good at picking good restaurants. And so we like to try new restaurants uh, as often as possible, especially if we're going out for some family night. Um, so uh, it's my job to, to pick the restaurant that we're going to eat at. And uh, the, the great thing about most sit-down restaurants is after, after the server comes and they get your drink order and, and brings whatever you're going to have and, and, and then takes your, your meal order, there is that magical moment when they bring out the pre-meal bread, right? That's like one of the best moments of the whole meal. And, and every restaurant sort of has their own twist on, on the bread. Sometimes it's the, the big buttery rolls that are, that are awesome. Um, sometimes they throw them at you. Some restaurants are into that, so I'm not really into that. I like it on the table where I can get to it and uh, I don't have to work for it. Uh, so, some restaurants have... Uh, Hush puppies, right? You dip them in butter and cocktail sauce, and oh, that's so good. Um, or cornbread. And then there are those strange restaurants where the server will ask, do you want rolls or cornbread? And my thought is always, this is America, right? Like We don't discriminate in America. Like Rolls or, no, I want rolls and cornbread. I want every bread you got in the back. Bring it out here, put it on the table, and step away. Some of the fancy restaurants have the uh, olive oil and the pesto and the, the pine nuts, and you just kind of sop it up and, and it's running down your cheek. And Then there are those restaurants that bring out the loaf that you have to cut. Like it's, not, it's either not cut at all or it's not cut all the way, so they bring out the loaf and this machete that you're supposed to go at this loaf with which the bread moment does create some awkwardness, especially if you're with people you don't really know, first time you're going out because you don't want to be the first one to go for the bread, right? Everybody's kind of looking at it, and you don't want to be anxious. And, and, and then if you cut the bread, you, you, you try to hold the piece that you're going to eat and cut it without touching everybody else's piece, right? Some of you need to take notes on this. You're supposed to just touch your piece and cut it and not everybody else's piece. But then are you just supposed to cut your piece or are you supposed to start at the other end and cut everybody a piece? I, I, I've never seen what the policy is. Like, What's protocol? Do you cut it for everybody or do you pass the knife around? It's, it's, that's why it's better just to go with your family because it can be a free-for-all when the bread comes, right? Just don't get cut by the machete as you're working on the bread. It's such a glorious moment. And we all say the same thing. Like when we're getting out of the car, we're heading up to the restaurant, we tell ourselves the same thing. I'm not going to fill up on bread this time. <laughs> I'm not going to fill up on bread. I'm going to wait for the steak. I'm going to wait for the fish. I've been thinking about this chicken all day. I'm gonna... And we never do it, right? Because once you start on the bread, there's no way to stop. Like You can't take your foot off the gas pedal once you start in on the bread. Well, Jesus is teaching the Lord's Prayer. It's what we call it. He didn't call it that, but we call it the Lord's Prayer. And he's giving us these principles that we should pray. This should be a part of how we pray. We don't have to memorize it. We don't have to quote it every single time we pray. But these principles should be a regular part of how we pray and how we talk to God. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, he gets to this phrase, Give us today our daily 
bread. He uses this idea of bread. Give us today our daily bread. And I mentioned last week, every step of the Lord's Supper has some struggle to it, has some tension to it. The tension with praying, give us today our daily bread, is the admission that I have a need in my life. There's something that needs to be met. I'm coming to God because I haven't been able to fix everything that's in me. I have a need, and today, God, I need you to meet that need fresh and new. And maybe you met the need yesterday, or you met it last week, but the need's back. I have a need. Uh, Last night... I noticed that Tim Keller tweeted this comment. Before anyone can ask what to pray or even how to pray, he or she must first be someone who knows they need to pray. Before I ask what should I pray for or how am I supposed to pray, I have to first realize I'm in need of prayer. And give us today, our daily bread begins with need. I need Something. I, I have to admit my neediness, and, and I have to admit that I can't supply all of it. I can't fill up all of the need that's in my life. And he uses bread, not, not specifically for bread, but as a symbol of need. Physical needs. But I think even beyond physical needs, it's not just confined to physical need. I think it's emotional need. Uh, I think it's relational need. I think it's spiritual need. It's that recognition every day, I need things in my life. And maybe it is physical or maybe it's financial. Maybe maybe it's some tangible burden in our lives. Or or, or maybe it's a need like fear where we come to God and we say, God, I'm, I'm struggling with fear again. I need you. I can't fix this. I've tried to fix my anxiety. I've tried to fix my worry, and I can't fix it. I need you daily to help me with this. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's anger. A need that I have every day. And, and of course, the problem is, is getting to the point where I recognize I have need. Admitting that I really do have need. Bread is kind of the perfect example because none of us here today need bread. We could all get bread. We don't need God to provide bread for us. We've got that just fine. Have you been to the bread aisle in the grocery store? It's like a half an aisle in the grocery store with, with white and wheat and honey oat and nine grain and 12 grain and Italian and Cuban and French baguettes and garlic bread in the freezer section and cheese bread in the freezer section. It's like bread forever. None of us would think to pray, I, I need bread, because we, we can get bread. The problem is that sort of mentality carries over into every other area of our life where we begin to live daily as if we don't need God. We don't recognize that my soul needs you. I am dependent on my creator. I need you and I need to admit that I need you on a regular basis. We are so prone to self-sufficiency 
and so prone to self-dependency. I can do this. I'm fine. I can handle this. And when Jesus teaches us how to pray, right up front, he says, you got to get to a point where you admit you can't handle everything in your life. You've got to come to a place in your life where you admit there are needs that you have and needs that you can't meet. And we would never verbally say, oh, I don't need God, I'm good. Most of us, most of us would never even think, I don't need God. I mean, you came to church this morning. You have some sense that, that I need God in my life. But when we live apart from Him, when we live without prayer, without faith, without without experiencing God's presence on a consistent basis. That's basically what we're doing. We're basically saying by our lives and our approach to life, God, I don't, I don't need you. Maybe give us today our daily bread. Isn't primarily, isn't upfront, first of all, about getting stuff from God? Maybe that's the second part. Maybe the first part is I need to pray this consistently in my life just so I remember I need him. And whether he meets what I'm asking for or not, I need to recognize my need for him. It's even possible that the physical needs we have, the physical longings, the desires that we have in our life are windows that help us remember our spiritual longings. I mean, maybe the whole reason why we need food, why we need water, why we need air, is a little picture of God saying, look, I'm going to create you physically to be dependent on some things. You can't go forever without eating. You can't go forever without drinking something. I'm going to create you that way because I want that to remind you that your soul needs me. Just like you need food. Just like you need bread. Just like you need water. The psalmist understood this. Because in Psalm 42, he attaches his physical needs to his spiritual needs. This is verses 1 and 2, Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water... So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. The psalmist had figured it out. Like when I get thirsty, that's not just a physical need. That's God reminding me my soul needs Him. Like my body needs water. Right? Weather's feeling great right now. It's feeling like spring's coming. Summer's going to get here soon. And that, we're going to be thirsty in the summer, right? Georgia's summer after you work in the yard or you watch kids play ball all afternoon. I mean, we know what thirst is like. And that thirst that you experience on an August day in Georgia, God created you that way so that you would realize my, my soul thirsts for Him too. I I need God. I am dependent on God. Jesus would say this earlier in this same message that we're studying. In Matthew chapter 5, as a part of the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He attaches our physical needs to the reality that we have spiritual needs. And you can meet a lot of your physical needs. None of us... None of us go hungry more than likely. 
Right? We can zip through the drive-thru. We can get a number one with fries and a Coke. Right? We, can, we can meet our physical needs. We, there's Aquafina and Dasani and Evian and tap water. Right? There's plenty to, to satiate our thirst. And so maybe Jesus is talking about more than that. Maybe Jesus is saying, is, is saying every day, daily, you need to get up and be reminded we need God. You need to thirst for God. You need to hunger for God. You need Him. Not once in a while, Jesus said. Today, give us our daily bread. Every day. Just like we need to eat every day. Just like we need to drink every day. Jesus is saying, you, you need God every day. You need me every, every day, daily. Not just once a week on Sunday. Not, not just when things get bad and I need to, really need to pray. Jesus is saying, no, you need to be reminded that every day you have that need. Every day you are in need of spiritual connection with your Father. And so he connects it to this physical need that we have. When Jesus said, give us today our daily bread, there was no doubt a connection way back into the Old Testament. When the Hebrew children were slaves in Egypt, Moses had led them out of slavery and across the Red Sea and out into the wilderness, and they hadn't gotten out there very long before they realized, we don't have enough food, we're going to starve, and they begin to complain to Moses. And so Moses goes to God, and God says, I got it covered, here's the plan. Every day, there's going to be bread in the morning, and every evening, there's going to be quail. Every morning, bread, every evening, quail, and you can count on it every single day. Day. And there's not going to be enough for a week. There's not going to be enough for a month. You don't need to worry about tomorrow's bread. You need to just get up and get what you need for today because I'm going to consistently supply it. Not just to meet your physical need, but to remind you, I'm your provider. I'm, I'm the one you need to trust. I'm the one you need to lean on. And God warned them, like, don't, don't try to get too much. Don't, don't, try, don't worry about tomorrow's provision. I'm going to provide for today. If you're like me, I, I, I want God to just send me a spreadsheet of how He's going to provide for the next year. I could, a bar graph, pie graph, I don't care. Could you, could you just show me how everything's going to work out for the next year? And that's not how Jesus taught us to pray. Jesus said, I, I'm going to take care of your need today. And tomorrow, I'll take care of that need Again, that's what he did with the Hebrew children. The whole time they're wandering in the wilderness is every day it was there. And the next day it was there. And the next day it was there. And there was this sense of dependence upon God. And then thousands of years later, Jesus comes on the scene. And he starts talking about bread in an unusual way. In John chapter 6. Jesus says, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And the disciples had to wonder, well, like that was a long time ago. I mean, I've heard stories. We, we've, we've read the Old Testament. We know that happened. It's not happening now, though. Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
Yeah, there's a bread physically that came from heaven in the Old Testament. I'm telling you, I've come to meet your needs. Now, I've come to be your provision now. I am the bread of life. And then Jesus goes into this discussion of how they were going to eat his flesh and, and, and drink his, his blood. And we kind of know where Jesus was going, but his disciples didn't know. What strange language for Jesus to use about himself. And he kind of wraps that whole teaching up in verse 58. When he says, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. In other words, Jesus said, I'm not talking about the, the bread that your forefathers ate. There is a bread that is here and now that can do things that that bread couldn't do. And they must have wondered, like, what's the connection between bread and Eternal life. Jesus was trying to get them to understand. He's trying to get us to understand that it's not about bread. It's about Him. It's, it's not about getting stuff. It's, it's not even about physical needs, even though God cares about our physical needs. He, he wants to hear about our physical needs. He often provides our physical needs. But Jesus' life wasn't primarily about physical needs. It wasn't about physical bread. It was about Jesus, that we need Him, not occasionally, not sometimes, not when the music is really good and we feel like singing, not when it's Sunday. We need Him every day. It's the night that Jesus was going to be betrayed, and all the parts had been put in place. The the drama was already unfolding. As they were moving toward Jesus' arrest, his betrayal, his his conviction, his his beating, and ultimately his death, everything's moving. Now it's fast forward. It's hours away that this whole drama begins to unfold, and Jesus meets with his disciples one last time in a room. And they celebrate the Passover meal from the Old Testament. Celebrating not just that that God gave bread, but that God gave salvation. That God led them out of slavery. That God led them out of their oppressors and set them free. And they're celebrating this meal. Matthew, Matthew describes it this way. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. He was bringing them together not to celebrate bread but to celebrate salvation. Not just the salvation that had happened long ago, but the salvation that was about to happen. Matthew goes on. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and gave it to His disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is My body. Then He took a cup, and when He had given thanks, He gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink it 
I will not drink from the, this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus teaches his followers to pray, give us today our daily bread. And at the end of his life, Jesus said, I'm the bread. I'm the bread that's going to be broken. I'm the bread that you most need. I'm the person that you most need. What you most need aren't things. What you most need is your relationship with your heavenly Father restored, and that's only accomplished through the death of Jesus. It's not that He doesn't care about our physical needs. It's just that He knows that what we need most is Him. None of us need bread today. You could buy a loaf on your way home. You could stop at 10 different stores on your way home. What we need is the fulfillment, the satisfaction, the hope, the contentment that only comes from Jesus. Whose body was broken, whose blood was shed, who hung on a cross for our redemption. I was getting to the end of kind of preparing this message And I realized I didn't really have any points in this message. Like there wasn't kind of a rhyming phrase or like something that started with the same letter. I was putting all the stuff in you version and I realized like there's no, there's like nothing to write down. There's not a point. It's because the the point is Jesus. The point of coming to the table, of coming to the Lord's Supper, it's Jesus. It's not a clever phrase. It's, it's not something to memorize or, or, or write down. The point is to come and be reminded, Jesus, we need you. And in our busy, hectic lives, we start thinking that we don't. We start thinking that we've got everything under control. We start thinking that we're self-sufficient and self-dependent and we can handle everything. And coming to the table is that moment that we do regularly where we say, Jesus, I need, I need you. Not bread and, and juice. Not symbolism. This reminds me. I need you in my life. I'm not complete. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not who I was created to be apart from you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus gave us this tangible reminder that we could touch and we could taste and we could eat. Not because we need bread. But to remind us we need him. And when you come in just a moment, we aren't coming to ask God for something. We we, we aren't coming even so God will be happy with us or pleased with us. We're coming around the table to remind ourselves again we're needy people with needy souls and needy lives and needy hearts that only Jesus can fill. And thankfully, He did it on the cross. He did it by laying his life down for us. So in just a minute, I'm going to invite you to come. There are two tables here at the front. There's a table in the lobby if it's easier for you to slip out that way. You would come and tear off a piece of 
of bread and you would dip it in the juice and you would let it remind you of your need for Jesus. If you're not a member here, if you don't regularly attend here, if this is your first time here, this celebration doesn't belong to us. You are welcome to celebrate Jesus with us today. If you've given your life to Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've trusted your life to Him by faith, then you know what this means. So come and celebrate. If you haven't, why not do that today? Why not give your life to Christ today? We'd love to come into your life and be your Savior and fill you with what you most need. I'm going to pray and the band's going to begin to play. And I would invite you to, to maybe pray for just a moment yourself as I pray. Prepare your heart. Let's not rush through this ceremony. It's far too meaningful for that. And then as the musicians play, come by yourself with, with your family, with some friends. Come and celebrate. The bread of life came and was broken for us that we would have eternal life in Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you that at the beginning of your ministry, you taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread. And then at the end of your life, you declared that you are the bread that we need the most. You are what our hearts and our souls and our lives most need. And we don't have to go looking for it. You came to us. You came and lived and died and laid down your life for our salvation in this life and in the next. And so we come to the table today not asking for something. We come to the table not demanding anything. We come to the table not even hoping that this puts us in your good graces. We come to the table simply to say, we need you. We need you today. There will never be a day that passes when we don't. There are days we don't think about it. There are days it's not in our minds. But there's never a day that we don't need you. You are the bread of life. In Jesus' name I pray.